You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your Tigers every day. I'm new host Brad Singoff, and I'm going to take you through a daily journey into Clemson every single Monday through Friday, five days a week. It's everything you need to know about the Tigers. In this Tuesday episode, I'll review Clemson's 49-0 victory over the Citadel from last Saturday with what we learned despite it being an FCS opponent and a fairly easy game for the Tigers. That doesn't mean there wasn't plenty to get out of an early season victory. I'll also go inside the stats with beyond the box score with more than just total yards and touchdowns, an in-depth look at why and how Clemson won the game. And then we'll debut Tuesday Tiger of the Week at senior defensive lineman Reagan Upshaw. But first, a little bit about me. I'm on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. This is my sixth season covering Clemson on a daily basis. I got my start in the newspaper business, and I've covered ACC and SEC for the Anderson Independent Mail and the Greenville News. Did that for about a decade. Transitioned into radio for the last three years. I've been co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson. And I've continued to write as I'm currently the deputy editor at allclemson.com, a Sports Illustrated website. So I've been around this team and around this program for many, many years, even before I was on a daily basis. I helped out a lot with Clemson coverage. So I built up a lot of contacts, got to know a lot of people around Clemson, and have continued that uh, on a daily basis now for the last five years. And now I'm pleased to be giving you a daily glance into all things Clemson Tigers on the Locked On Clemson podcast, hosted by me, Brad Sink. Make sure you subscribe and listen wherever you download podcasts. It's a bye week for the Tigers. That gives us plenty of time to dissect where this team is under Coach Dabo Sweeney. Before they return to the football field, it was announced on Monday the Tigers will play Virginia at Memorial Stadium in Clemson at 8 p.m. on October the 3rd. And they'll get a little time to regroup this week and get themselves ready for what's going to be a big stretch of ACC conference games coming up. But they finished off their one and only non-conference opponent, the Citadel, from the Southern Conference uh, on Saturday. Again, a 49-0 victory. Clemson improved to 2-0 after beating Wake Forest in Week 1, 37-13. And there was a lot to get out of this game. And even though it was one where the Tigers jumped out to an early lead, scored every one of their touchdowns, all seven of them, in the first half, held scoreless in the second half, they did hold the Bulldogs out of the end zone. And uh, one of the things we learned was the defense is capable of doing that. This is a defense that had not pitched a shutout since 2016. little trivia note for you. Before the Citadel, the last time that Clemson did not allow a single point in a college football game, was against the Ohio State Buckeyes in the 2016 Fiesta Bowl. That was a 31-0 victory by the Tigers, who actually went into that game as a slight underdog, came out of that game, uh, the Fiesta Bowl champion, and then went on to win the national championship over Alabama uh, about 10 days later in what is still looked at as one of the most thrilling championship games, definitely the most thrilling playoff games that we've had. But the one before that, that some people forget, at least a lot of people in Ohio have tried to forget, 
what happened that day out in Arizona. I was there, and that was a heck of a shutout. Clemson was loaded then on defense. They've been loaded since then on defense. You think about guys like Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Furl, Dexter Lawrence. Those are three first-round draft picks from just a couple of years ago, all played on the defensive line. You think of Isaiah Simmons, who just got drafted eighth overall by the Arizona Cardinals. You look at other players who have been a part of some great Clemson defense under Coach Brent Venables, and it's hard to believe they went that long without a shutout. It was just kind of the perfect storm, I think, for the Tigers on Saturday because the Citadels trying to figure some things out offensively. Clemson was trying to figure out some things defensively with their second and third groups, but by the most part, uh, that was a tough game for the Citadel to try to score on. But the Citadel scores. They had put up a touchdown the week before against South Florida, now coached by former Clemson assistant Jeff Scott, and the Tigers held him out of the end zone. There was no no big bust play, no big letdown, and I think that was really important for this defense. It shows that the ceiling is very high for them. You know, there was a lot of questions going into the year about what this defense was going to be. And you always know that Brent Venables is going to Filled a good unit. You know, they're going to be sound. But who are going to be the playmakers? They're still answering some of those questions. But Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, these guys coming straight out of high school to Clemson look like bona fide stars. And we saw some of that in this game against the Citadel. Miles Murphy with a big strip that got picked up and turned into a scoop and score for senior linebacker James Skowski. One of the other things we learned about this Tigers team coming out of this game, they're really young in a lot of spots, and it's the backup positions. There's very few question marks about first team and second, first team offense and first team defense. It's the backups. It's the second team. And a lot of these young players are trying to grow up and trying to get better, and they just did not play at their best, in my opinion, over the uh, game on Saturday. I thought there were some guys who, just don't quite look ready, whether more of it's mentally than physically. I mean, this is the best recruiting class of the Dabo Sweeney era, and it is on paper, and I think it will turn out to be that as well from a talent standpoint. So talent's not the issue, but it's a learning process for a lot of young players. And you've got two defensive linemen starters that are out in uh, Justin Foster and Xavier Thomas. You're playing a lot of young kids, both up front, and on the back end, and I think that that certainly led to, uh, while they didn't give up a touchdown, some guys just trying to figure out what to do on the defensive side of the ball. And offensively, the second-team offensive line just doesn't look quite ready, quite prepared to take that next step yet. And they've still got a ways to go, and they, they need playing time. Simply put, they need to be out on the field. They need to work on, gelling is going to be tough because you're going to be out there with different rotations. But those guys need as much action as they can get because the offensive line is a volatile position. One guy goes down, somebody's got to be ready to step up. They did not look like they had those guys ready with zero points in the second half once they turned it over to the second and third teams. One of the other quick takeaways, too many running backs in the running back room. Is that possible? Is that a bad thing? Can you really ding the Tigers for having too much talent? In this case, Possibly so. I think Clemson uh, is playing a lot of different players at that position. You know that Travis Etienne is going to be the starter. But then after that, Lynn J. Dixon got two carries. He's the backup. He was out against Wake Forest. And then there's Darian Rencher, who's certainly going to be part of the of a three-man rotation. 
But where were Kobe Pace and Demarcus Bowman in this game? Those are two true freshmen who saw some run on the road at Wake Forest in week one. They combined for four carries for 12 yards in this one against the Citadel. They played a lot of Chesma Lucy and a lot of Mikey Dukes. Dukes did come off the field after a fumble, but that's a lot of carries to go around, and you just got to wonder how much are they stunning the growth of players like Bowman and Pace. So something to keep an eye on moving forward. Coming up next, we'll take a look at beyond the box score from the 49-0 win for Clemson over the Citadel. The ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers for 20 years online. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. It's rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you ever need. rockauto.com Now let's go beyond the box score. We take a little bit deeper look in the Clemson's 49-0 win over the Citadel. Obviously the Tigers... Got off to a hot start in this one. Four touchdowns in the first quarter and then three touchdowns in the second quarter. But let's go a little bit, a little bit further into how this game played out for Clemson. Uh, they ran 60 plays. That's a lot of points for 60 plays. A week ago in Wake Forest, they ran 82 plays. The Tigers continuing to sort of take a kind of have a battle between efficiency, explosive plays, and speed. They want, to, they want to up the tempo this year. That's been one of the focal points of the Clemson offense under offensive coordinator Tony Elliott throughout the offseason and into the early part of the season. And it just it's hard to get into a rhythm and hard to, to do a whole lot of plays when you're rotating several guys in there. You're rotating you know, four different quarterbacks who played in this ballgame. And so the plays will, will go up with tempo when the Tigers needed it. That, that was not the case against the Citadel on Saturday. Taking a look at some of the other deep dive numbers, average yards per play, 6.8. They held the Citadel to just 2.7 yards per play and really shut down uh, much of what the Citadel would do on the ground game, just 86 rushing yards for the Bulldogs in this one. Clemson's run defense has been stellar the last two weeks, and it was extremely good the last few years. A little bit different defensive line. So to see that these those numbers are continuing, I think it's a really promising sign for what the Tigers are trying to do, especially up front uh, with their defensive line and their linebackers. Clemson 4-4 four for four in the red zone, all four touchdowns. That's another key area that Tony Elliott focused on in the offseason, not settling for field goals, getting better down there inside the 20. You saw that on Saturday with a new look, DJ Uyangole, who came off the bench to play quarterback, the star five-star freshman, was able to run in a touchdown in this ball game, uh, two touchdowns, excuse me, in this game, and looked really good, kind of like a Tim Tebow package, if you will. He's got the size. He's already about 250 pounds, big, strong kid, just a bulldozer uh, going right down the middle of defenses. That's just another big addition to what this Clemson offense can do 
when they can bring him in near the goal line and run him like Florida ran Tim Tebow back in the day. I think it's going to be a really big key. Just a different look to switch it up. Obviously, they can hand the ball off to Travis Etienne, who did not score a touchdown in this game for the Tigers. However, Trevor Lawrence, two rushing scores on the ground and continues to showcase that uh, read option ability. It's an extremely difficult play to defend as you know defenders are going to crash down to stop ETN from trying to score, and it's just left huge running lanes for Trevor Lawrence to run the football. Taking a deeper look at Trevor's numbers coming out of this, when 8 of 9 passing for 168 yards, he had a quarterback rating of 355.7. He did not meet the requirement of 15 passing attempts, or that would have been a record for Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. He did have three touchdowns through the air in this one. Uh, connecting with Frank Ladson was probably the highlight play of the day where he threaded a needle. It looked like the defender had great coverage, was all over Ladson, and the ball was just put right into the face mask, essentially, of Ladson, who just threw his hands up, called it, and it was a big touchdown pass for Trevor Lawrence. Two rushing touchdown, or sorry, one rushing touchdown on the ground that gives him three for the season. And, and four through the air. So combined seven touchdowns already for the Heisman Trophy candidate. He started the season as the lead candidate in the betting odds, and that will continue for quite some time. And I think he's got a really good chance with the start he's off to to really win the Heisman Trophy. 519 yards passing on the season. He's completing 80 81.1% of his passes. There just really isn't many flaws in his game right now, and you're seeing that both statistically and with your eyes as Trevor Lawrence looks really, really strong, uh, chasing down the first-ever Clemson player to win a Heisman. He's got a pretty good shot at that uh, going throughout this season. Also, big plays. as part of Clemson's offense. They know they want to get those big chunk yards. This game was a little bit interesting. Uh, Kind of a slow start, if you will, to the season for Travis Etienne. The All-American running back, uh, probably going to be, if if not winning the Doak Walker this year, will probably be one of the finalists if he continues to have the kind of season he should. He's the all-time winning rusher at Clemson. Uh, he's got a couple rushing touchdown records in the ACC, and he's getting very close to the all-time ACC rushing record, which he'll probably get here in about another couple of games. He didn't have a huge day in this one, 68 yards rushing. ETN has not had one of those big runs yet. You know, you think of Travis Etienne, the explosive, that that strong lower body, shakes off easy arm tackles, and takes it to the house. He's, you know, a 50, 60, 70-yard kind of running back. That's not been the case thus far this year. He had a 29-yard run against Wake Forest. His longest of the day against the Citadel was 28. He had another 22-yard run as well, and that was really about the only big chunk plays. Comes to got on the ground. Darian Rencher did come off the bench with a 16-yard run. Most of the chunk plays for the Tigers came in the passing game where Trevor Lawrence completed a 44-yard pass, touchdown throw to Amari Rogers, and he also had a 54-yarder to Ladson, and he had a 17-yarder and a 16-yarder. Two other big chunk plays for the Tigers went to DJ Uyangole, who had a 38-yard strike to EJ Williams, and they connected again uh, for a 19-yard strike. So that's a look into what Clemson did in terms of the big play numbers. Defensively, they held the Citadel from even getting into the red zone. They had one 
Uh, field goal attempt, it was missed. And on third downs, the Citadel just three for 16. It's pretty good considering you think the Clemson played 96 players in this game. And many, many on defense got an opportunity uh, to get in there. Only just the one scoop and score from James Skowski that was recovered. We'll take a look, deeper look at turnovers down the road. All in all, pretty good offensive game for Clemson, especially in that first half. The second half just did not materialize the way I think Coach Sweeney wanted it to, but statistically, the Tigers still find a way to rack up 405 yards. They really called off the dogs in this one. If Trevor Lawrence had played any of the second half, uh, I think I think the numbers would have would have approached 500 and probably would have had a couple of more touchdowns had he stayed in that game. So a lot to like, though, from what Clemson did from a statistical standpoint. And Trevor Lawrence averaged 18.7 yards per pass. That is absolutely ridiculous, no matter who you're playing. And he he threw an incompletion on his first pass. It was a drop by Amari Rodgers. After that, uh, the Tigers really took off, and he had eight straight completions. Tuesday, Tiger of the Week. This won't always be the best player on the football field on Saturday. Sometimes it's just a really good story or maybe a player who you just haven't really learned a lot about at, in his time at Clemson. Let's take a look at Reagan Upshaw, senior defensive lineman, been at Clemson for a while, been primarily a special teams player throughout his career, but he is one strong individual. I've talked to some other people around the team who have told me he's one of the strongest players on the team. He feels that way. He comes from NFL blood. His dad, Reagan Upshaw Sr., uh, was drafted out of the University of California in the first round of the 1996 NFL Draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His dad went on to play eight seasons as a pro for five different teams. But football, interestingly enough, was not a big part of Upshaw's upbringing. In fact, he doesn't have a whole lot of memories of football. His dad would go to work, play the game, defensive end, get it done, come home and be a fa- and be a dad, be the family guy. He was not uh, taking his kids to the locker room and throwing the football out in the yard with them very often. And Reagan Upshaw was primarily a rugby player, believe it or not, in high school and played hockey as well growing up down in Bradenton, Florida. And it was just kind of a different way to grow up when you think of you know athletes who come from uh, fathers who played in the NFL. And interestingly enough, he really didn't even play football until he got to Clemson, where he walked on. In fact, it was kind of by chance he ended up with the Tigers as his parents were bringing his sister up to a camp in Brevard, North Carolina, a short drive from Clemson. And they drove by a sign for the campus. And his dad said, hey, do you want to stop and see it? And he's in high school. And he said, sure, why not? Got to campus, fell in love with it, decided that's where he wanted to go to school, ended up walking on the football team, and has found a place with Clemson and had a big game against Wake Forest, his really first big game of his career when he had four tackles and a sack. So a breakout performance in week one for Upshaw. Saw a lot of time against the Citadel as well. And it's just an interesting story of a young man who uh, just went about it a different way. Interestingly enough, he has a brother, Taylor, who plays at Michigan. And now, with the Big Ten's announcement last week that they will be playing fall football next month, he'll get a chance to watch his brother play. So a really cool story uh, for Reagan Upshaw. is making an impact with the Tigers and certainly someone to keep an eye on as they go throughout the season. And I think he's got a chance to continue to see some play in time. That's a big rotation at, at defensive line, uh, but he continues to find a way to work his way in and 
that means he's earned it. Now, you don't play for Brent Venables unless you have certainly shown him that you can prove yourself on the football field. But it's been a long road. It's been a long journey. Uh, he said he's been grinding for a long time. He said it's kind of been hard to keep the state of mind to keep going. I mean, think about it. If you're every day on the practice squad year after year after year, you finally get to your last year with the program and you get a chance to play football, sometimes people don't make it that far. Sometimes it's hard to uh, keep going out there every day. It's kind of the Rudy story a little bit here with Reagan Upshaw. He just comes from a better bloodline uh, than than Rudy did. But uh, still, uh, it's something that uh, he's learned from. He's got a lot of goals, a lot of things he still wants to accomplish. But he's off to a pretty good start here in his final year with Clemson's program if he decides that it is his last year because he does get that extra year of eligibility with the NCAA's decision for all fall sport student athletes to retain their eligibility. But we'll continue to watch Reagan Upshaw and that defensive line, which has been very, very good for Clemson here in the early going of this young football season. Join me Wednesday for another episode of Locked on Clemson podcast, where we'll take a look at possibly a new challenger to the Tigers in the ACC. Many thought that Clemson was playing a one-game season this year against Notre Dame. That may not be the case after some developments this past weekend within the conference. Also, let's take a look at a certain area where Clemson has struggled in past seasons. Not so far this year. There's one facet of the game where the Tigers have really shined, and we'll take an in-depth look at what that is and what that means moving forward for the number one team in college football. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Brad Sinkov here on the Locked on Clemson podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. I'll talk to you on Wednesday.